it's been a joy to uh, be here in the area, and uh, I just want to uh, thank Pastor Lynn. Uh, probably about back in April is uh, kind of uh, maybe when I contacted him. I got his phone number from um, the president of uh, Ambassador Baptist College. They were through uh, in our church uh, singing, and I was uh, contemplating about coming out here uh, to the area, and uh, but I didn't know anyone, so that you know that's kind of uh, scary. Uh, and I asked past our uh, uh, brother uh, Alton Beal, and I said, "Is there anyone that you know, any pastors in Reno?" He says, "I don't know any pastors in Reno, but I know someone in Fernley doing the work of the Lord." And uh, I uh, got his contact information, and we communicated, I think, via email once or twice, and then he uh, on a phone call, and he said, um, "Well, if you're uh, coming out this way, you can stay at our house and." Uh, and we'll host you. And so, you know, opening the house to strangers, uh, and uh, it was just uh, the Lord continued to work. And uh, part of my message tonight and uh, uh, is going to kind of intertwine with the way the Lord's worked and uh, talk more about uh, the way the Lord's kind of been working in my heart and my life this week. But I want to thank the Lens for uh, hosting us, uh, for taking us in, and thank you for... Uh, mentoring us and uh, being with us and uh, taking us around and uh, and I can I'll tell you guys this as uh, the, the church family here at Grace Baptist Church you have a great pastor and a great pastor's wife uh, their heart has come out this week and uh, they don't just care about Grace Baptist Church they don't just care about building this and you know they care about you because you guys are truly Grace Baptist Church and uh, both of them, uh, I've heard them say that they care and they love you guys. And so you guys, uh, th th this is not, uh, you know, some pastors, they just, okay, I'll go and do my job. But, but they truly care about everyone in this room. And they care about uh, your heartaches and your uh, trials and your blessings and your joys. And so you guys have a great pastor and a great pastor's wife here. And that's, uh, uh, so I just want you guys to know that that's not uh, something to take lightly. Uh, I know um, where I'm at, uh, as Pastor Lynn said, I have a, you know, I, I'm a youth pastor. And, you know, I could just settle down and say I got a pretty good uh, thing going on. Uh, but I never want to take that lightly. And I want to encourage you guys, never take these too lightly. Never do that. Uh, so I appreciate them and all that they have done for us. Uh, whether it was preparing a meal uh, or just uh, uh, taking us around or just uh, uh, we, we, we you know asked them 50 million questions and they probably wanted to go to bed and we're asking you know so how big are the tumbleweeds and uh, so no, I don't think I asked that uh, uh, so um, but it's it's been a great week <laughs> Uh, take your Bibles to uh, the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17, we're going to go ahead and just read the first uh, few verses here. Then we'll have a word of prayer before we really jump into the message tonight. 1 Kings chapter 17. 
It says here, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee henceforth, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we look at your word, Lord, I pray that it would be an encouragement. Uh, Lord, as we look at this snippet of Elijah's life that um, would have been deemed a, a, a difficult time, a trying time, Lord, I pray that we can not only see the faithfulness of Elijah throughout the story, but most of all the faithfulness that you have. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to uh, guide and direct uh, my wife and my life. Uh, Lord, uh, as we uh, consider what you would have for us, Lord, I pray that you would be with Grace Baptist Church tonight as we look at this passage in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we all kind of know the story here and uh, are familiar maybe with the story. Elijah uh, kind of comes onto the scene kind of out of nowhere. And all we know about him is it's uh, Elijah the Tishbite. And he comes and he goes to Ahab and he says, it's not going to rain for these years. And we know later on the story is they didn't rain for three and a half years. But the Lord calls Elijah at this time to to take a bold stand and then to retreat to this desert place. And uh, uniquely, as I've come to a desert place this week and uh, didn't really think about that, I was preparing the message. But Elijah comes to this desert place, and, and if you could kind of help me envision what Elijah was coming to, Elijah goes and he comes to the brook Cherith here, and this was going to kind of be down in a... In a in a ravine, it would have been a place where he could have taken shelter, whether it was uh, or hide in some caves, whether Ahab was sending out armies or people to search for him. But this was going to be a difficult spot. It wasn't a spot where there was going to be flourishing of man fruits and vegetables, and it wasn't going to be a spot where uh, there was going to be a whole lot of things for Elijah to eat. And obviously, back in that time, they didn't have you know, stores where you could go and have preserved food, really. But it's very interesting that if we continue to read through verse 4, it says, And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So if you can imagine this, it's not going to rain. And God says, this brook is kind of a tributary, or kind of it leads into the Jordan. Hey, I'm going to... Go and you're going to drink from the stream, and then I'm going to give you ravens are going to be your food delivery system. Uh, ravens are not known. Uh, ravens are scavengers. Okay, they're not uh, whatever. Usually a raven eats. It's not really the 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 good food. You know, uh, it's not like oh here's a live rabbit. I'm going to pick it up and and so already if I'm Elijah, I'm already seeing that God is uniquely going to provide for me. That but I can imagine that I'm there day one, you know, if Elijah's there day one, and and he goes down to the brook, he can see the brook, okay, okay, I'm going to have water, but I can imagine going to bed that night, if I was Elijah, being, okay, Lord, uh, I'm going to see, you know, these birds bringing food. 
I don't know how much food they brought or what food they brought, but we know that he's there for a while and that God was able to provide for him. But if you think about it, what happens to a brook or what happens to a river during a, tr- a time of drought? I could imagine that uh, every day, you know, there's a water line or a mark, and every day Elijah saw that getting a little bit lower and a little bit lower. And we'll talk about that in just a moment, but I want to see two things that really prepared Elijah for this time of going out and being in the desert in a time of difficulty. And I'm not sure what you're facing right now. Maybe you have something in front of you right now, uh, and it's just as odd as God saying, all right, Elijah, I'm going to have the ravens feed you. That doesn't make any sense. How many think ravens feeding you makes sense? No. You may be going through something right now that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, Even on this trip, uh, I talked to someone, uh, and they said, well, wh- why Reno? Wh- why this area? You got family out here? No. Do you know anyone out here? No. And uh, 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 e- even myself, I've had asked the Lord this on, on this trip. Lord, wh- what are you doing? And whether the Lord's preparing my heart to, to come here or preparing my heart for something else, I can tell you this. This trip was of the Lord, without a doubt. Because even in this week, I've been encouraged. I've been, the Lord has humbled me. I've been strengthened. Uh, My wife and I have grown closer together as a couple. So so even if the Lord doesn't lead us out here, this trip still had a great purpose for it. And so you may be going through something. You may not understand the purpose, but Elijah had... Uh, my first point tonight, Elijah had a relationship with God. Elijah had a relationship with God. We see this relationship with God in, in James chapter 5 and verses 16 and 18. In James chapter 5 and verse 16 and 18. Uh, and it says, uh, uh, here it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray ye one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions, or we could say Elijah uh, was, a, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth for a space of three years and six months, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. If we're going to go through a time of trial, you're going to have to have a relationship with God, a trustful relationship um, with the Lord. Uh, and the more we pray, is, uh, prayer is us saying, God, I-, I can't get through this on my own. I need your help. And the more you know who God is, the more you're going to trust Him. On the way out here, we flew in uh, a plane, went from uh, Knoxville down to Dallas, and Dallas through uh, here to Reno. And you know what? I got on that plane, and I, I-, I had no doubts that the pilot could get us here. Uh, but if someone came up and someone said, hey, I, I'm just a random passenger, I'm going to fly this plane, I'd say, well, well who are you? You, 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 know, you can't fly this plane, I don't trust you. But I trust in the pilot because I know that they go through certain training, that they have the certain uh, requirements, and they have the certain status to fly the plane. The trust in the Lord is the same thing. 
God has the ability. God has the, 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 the strength, the encouragement, whatever it is, to get you through that. But it's only when we spend time with God in prayer. Sometimes we, we go through a trial, and it's so difficult because we don't know the God of the... the we don't know God who, who's guiding and directing us. We, 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 we go through the trial, and then we say, okay, now I need to pray. But we need to strengthen our relationship with God. So when we go through something, and uh, the book of James says that we are going to encounter difficult times. It says diverse temptations or uh, uh, diverse temptations or various trials. We live in a fallen world. We're all going to go through tough times. And so lean on God. And, And Elijah had that relationship. He knew that God was going to be faithful. But then... Not only God, uh, the relationship with God was through prayer, but also obedience. Uh, God said, go tell Ahab. He told Ahab, and then he said, go down to the brook Cherith, and I'm going to feed you with ravens. Elijah could have said, whoa, God, I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, that sounds crazy. I'm going to lean on my own understanding. Uh, as uh, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, Lean not on thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him. And so simple obedience to God. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, right now, my wife and I, we, we don't know what the next year holds. And that can be scary. But as I was talking to someone, they encouraged me, you, you may not know what to do a year from now, but you know what to do today. And you know what? We're not... Uh, God's not judging us on being obedient, you know, you know, all these things that maybe, maybe down the road, He's saying, be obedient right now. Whatever I've revealed to you, be obedient to. And take that next step. Take that next step of obedience. And so, we see that, God, uh, that Elijah had a relationship with God through prayer and through obedience. And then, uh, next here, we see the desperation of the dry brook, the desperation of the dry brook. As I told you, it was uh, it was not an easy place. It was uh, very much a wilderness, kind of like this. Uh, if you would imagine the Lord telling you, "Go out to this mountain, and I'm going to feed you there." There's a little spring there, uh, but it's probably going to dry up, and I'm going to feed you by birds. Uh, Nevada, northern Nevada, is not a not a place where you can just plant a garden anywhere, and it's going to grow. So sometimes during our trials and our difficulties, we might be facing a time of, of desperation. Like I said, if you could imagine that brook getting lower and lower each day. And you may be in your trial right now, and it may be getting more difficult, more difficult, more difficult, and you don't know when God's going to tell you, hey, i got another thing for you, or hey, I'm going to provide something, but it's just trust me today, trust me right now. And so the brook began to dry up. But you know, often during times of trials, we forget all the blessings that God's given us. Because every day that raven was coming. And Elijah had water. And he saw it go lower and lower, but he, he still had water. Um, a passage uh, I think we'll have up here on the screen is uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 5 In verse 10 it says, But the God of all grace who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered for a while, make you perfect, 
establish, strengthen, and settle you? Right there, that's sometimes the purpose of our trials. Is that God wants to make us perfect. That doesn't mean sinless, but to make us complete, to make us more useful, to establish or to establish us, to strengthen us, to, to build us up in our faith. Uh, like I said, that Elijah would have had to have a lot of faith to say, okay, these birds that are usually scavengers are going to come and give me food and good food to eat. That takes faith. And sometimes we go through trials that God wants to make us a little bit more established, a little bit stronger. Because what was Elijah going to face in a few years? In about three and a half years? He was going to have to go on to Mount Carmel, go against all the prophets of Baal, and pray that God would send fire down from heaven. God was preparing Elijah three and a half years before for something great, and it was to strengthen his faith. And not only that, but you know the story. Elijah got up there and he says, all right, get some barrels of water, dump it on the sacrifice. Get some more barrels of water, dump it on the sacrifice. And he had so much faith in God because it was built back here. So there's, that, that's good news and bad news. That God is, will provide, but sometimes we need to understand this. God is establishing us to maybe even go through a greater trial someday down the road. And so, when we go through something, we got to understand, hey, God was faithful back then, and God will be faithful now. Uh, you know, all of us are, uh, you know, we, we've grown up. I mean, the trials that we thought were big trials when we were teenagers, we probably look back and say, why was I ever worried about that? But man, when we're teenagers, it's a big deal. But now we look back and say, that's small stuff. The stuff that I look back at when I was in college and I say, man, that was a big deal that I, that I had to fall on my face and pray to God. Now I look back and say, man, God was so faithful. So we can look back at those times that God provided and understand that God will continue to provide. Think about the children of Israel. Uh, in the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verses 1 through 3, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 1 through C, Three, it says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. Thou shalt remember, or and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. God led them for forty years. And it was very interesting how often the children of Israel forgot. I don't know, uh, my wife's been reading through the book of Exodus in her devotion, so she's been talking about the children of Israel. You know, they, 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 uh, they get out of the land of Egypt, the ten plagues, they see the Lord work, they get to the Red Sea and they say, well, God brought us out here to die. They go through the Red Sea, then there's a whole chapter where they're praising the Lord, and then the next chapter, well, God didn't provide us water. They even complained about not having food, not having manna, and then a year later, they complain. Uh, all we have is manna. We have too much manna. You know, that's all we have. You know, we had manna bread and manna pancakes and, you know, you know, it's all manna. And then God sends quail, and God sends so much quail, He says, uh, that it covered them, you know, in abundance. And I think it's maybe God's maybe sense of humor there, but 
But even when God provided, they complained about how much God provided. But after that 40 years, those they could look back and say God provided each and every day and He was faithful. The Bible talks about how their clothes didn't wear, wear out and their shoes didn't wear out. and God provided. And it was, hey, God provided those 40 years. And you know what? You're going to have to go through a lot of battles. Once again, the obedience of the nation of Israel. Uh, I don't want you to fight with swords. I want you to go march around that city uh, one day or one time a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And then I want you to blow your trumpets and shout. And that's how I'm going to give you the victory. Once again, that doesn't make sense. But you know what? They were obedient and God saw the victory. And, and the great thing about that is when it doesn't make sense, the children of Israel can't get the glory for that. Who gets the glory? God does. So in our life, when we go through a trial, when we go through a difficult time, and we go through it and we face it and we say, I have no idea what's going on, you know what, that's usually a time where God's working. God's trying to strengthen us and build us up. And then after that, we can't get the glory in it because it didn't make any sense. We didn't know how it was all going to turn out. We didn't know how that bill was going to get paid or how this issue was going to resolve itself or how this thing at work was going to all work out. And at the end of it, we can say, God, you get all the glory. You get all the glory because it wasn't a me. And so we often uh, we forget the blessings and we forget the purpose. The purpose of trials, like I said, is to strengthen us, to, to build us up. But then finally, if you notice here, if uh, you go back to 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 Kings chapter 17, and uh, we'll read verse 5, 1 Kings 17 verse 5, it says, So he went, that was the obedience part, so he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that was before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, uh, and the bread and flesh in the evening. And so twice a day he was bringing this bread and flesh, bread and meat. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while, we never know how long our trials are going to last, but it says after a while, after God's designated time, that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So verse 7, Elijah wakes up one morning and that, that stream that was maybe a, maybe a few feet wide in the beginning, you know, got down to a foot wide and then just a few inches and he's, you know, really having to, you know, uh, maybe build a little dam there so he can have some. And he wakes up one morning and the brook dried up. And here's the place where, where God takes us even a little bit further down that road of maybe that trial, maybe that difficult time. And the brook dried up. Of course, we know the rest of the story. We know uh, the next verse down, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise and get to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. But that was only after the brook dried up. It was only after the provisions were all gone. But he continued to trust the Lord. And just as crazy as birds feeding was a, a widow feeding them. If you guys know, back then, uh, widows in the Bible were, uh, were often neglected. 
They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't usually earn a lot of money or have a way to make money. Usually they just kind of lived off of handouts or lived off of uh, what the Old Testament talked about, uh, going into fields and harvesting that, that which fell upon the ground. So there wasn't a lot. It's during a time of uh, drought. But he uses this unique word here. It says that he was going to, in verse 9, a widow woman there to sustain thee. And so lastly here is the reality of God's promises. The reality of God's promises. This word sustain means strengthen, support, physically or mentally. As the idea to bear without breaking or falling. Uh, a verse is going to be shown up here on the screen. Psalm 55.22. 55.22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. The next verse here, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. During that testing and trial, you may say, well, God doesn't care. Because if God cared, He would, he would show me uh, you know, blessings. He would show me uh, uh, comfort. Uh, those of you guys that are parents, and, and we're not parents uh, yet, uh, we have one on the way, and we're excited about that. But have you ever seen a kid? Well, mom, if you loved me, you would buy me this. You know, you, you know, uh, you know, kids complain and different things like that. But that parent still loves that child. But that parent knows better than that child, doesn't? Don't they? You know what? God knows better than we do. Sometimes we get upset and we complain against God. God, if you're truly faithful, you would have supplied this need. God, if you're truly faithful, you, would, you wouldn't allow me to go through this trial. God, if you really loved me, and God does love us, and God does care for us. Uh, the next verse um, here uh, is Matthew 11, chapter 22, or sorry, uh, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Uh, it says, Come unto me, all ye that are, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One more verse here, John 15:9 says, "As the Father hath loved me, so I loved you. Continue ye in my love." None of us ever doubt that God loves His only Son. None of us ever doubt that. But the same love that God has for His Son is the same love that Jesus Christ has for us. Jesus Christ loves us and He cares for us. And so when we're going through that time of difficulty, rest assured that God cares and God knows and God loves us and God is there for us. We don't see any time Elijah said, Hey, God, where are you? What are you doing? But no, he walked in obedience and he walked in faith. Now, we also have to be realistic. It's not always going to be easy. You know, God never says, uh, when you go through trials, always do it with a smile. He never says that. The Bible does say count all joy, but that joy is not, not well, okay, you know, uh, I don't know how I'm going to make the mortgage payment this month, but hey, listen, uh, you know, it's all uh, sunshine and roses. No, it's going to be difficult. That joy comes from knowing the Father, that said, knowing our Heavenly Father saying, God, God's there, God's, 
going to provide for us. God's going to strengthen us. God's going to take us through us through this. Like I said, I don't think Elijah would have said, if, if Elijah and God sat down and, and God said, Elijah, how do you want me to provide for you? Elijah wouldn't have picked a widow. Elijah wouldn't have picked ravens. Oftentimes we want to sit down with God and say, God, this is how you need to provide for us. But God provides in the way that is best for us, even though it may be difficult for us. Even though it may not be what we think is best, but God knows best. And we need to trust in Him and trust in that. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 13.5, it says, uh, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. We know the story of the widow. He goes down and uh, he tells the widow, I'll read it here if you're still there in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 10. And he arose and went to Zarephath and he came to the gate of the city. Behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I might drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I might go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. Once again, it was all she had left. Once again, it didn't quite make sense in the human reasoning. But you know what? Obedience happened. And, and Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said. But make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it to me, and after make for thee and, thy, and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she said, or and she and he and her house did eat for or did eat many days. God provided. And the barrel meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Once again, God was faithful in providing, but it wasn't the way that most people would have chose for provision. I bet that widow said, probably would have said, oh, if the Lord's going to provide, let me have a big old barrel of flour, a big old barrel of meal, and let me have multiple jugs of oil so I can kind of see that, that God is faithful. No, sometimes it's just daily walking with God. Step after step after step. And just like I said, my, my, it was my dad that was giving me that counseling. He says, son, you may not know what to do for a year from now, but you know what to do today. And I said, I do. I said, I don't know all why the Lord brought Sarah and I out here on this trip. Uh, you know, we, we are praying that, that, that if it be the Lord's will, that, that we would come out here and plant a church somewhere. But even if not, I know that this was the light of the Lord because I know that through this, though at times a little bit hard, a lot of 
maybe not quite understanding everything, but through this, it's like that verse in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, we've been strengthened, established, and built up because we just trusted the Lord. An illustration here, and I'm done. Story of George Mueller, who often had uh, several orphanages. And one morning he looked, woke up, and the and the house mother came to George Mueller and said, uh, uh, "Brother Mueller, we 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 don't have any food for the children this morning. About 300 orphans, and not only don't we have any food, but we don't have any milk." George Mueller thought about it and prayed about it. Says, "Okay, set the table." And, and get all 300 children down at the table. And she said, okay. And as they were sitting there, they thanked God for the food that they didn't have. They, they thanked God for the food and waited. And just about five minutes, there was a knock on the door. And the, it was the baker, and, and the baker comes to the door and says, I, I don't know why, but, but in the middle of the night I woke up and the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, go ahead and bake some extra loaves of bread and, and take it down to the orphanage. And so they brought it in and, and set the bread on the table. And, and before you know it, uh, just a little bit while after that, there was another knock on the door, and it was the milkman. The milkman comes to the door and says, I'm very sorry, uh, Brother Mueller, uh, but, but my, uh, my milk cart just uh, broke a wheel over there, and, and I'm not going to be able to, to deliver my milk. And... I don't know if this would be if you guys could even use it, but my milk will spoil before I can get it fixed. Would you guys be able to use some milk this morning? And they brought the milk in and the children ate. I don't know what you're going through. Uh, I've met a lot of you and got to uh, meet and greet some of you, but I, I don't know what you guys are going through right now. But God's faithful. He always is. And often, the way we would write our story is not the way that God writes it. We often want to see the, the here and now. We want to, okay, alright God, I, I want a lot of money in the bank account. Give me, give me $2,000 in the bank account, then I'll, then I'll, then I'll trust you. Or $10,000 in the bank account, then I'll trust you. And God, uh, give me $20,000, then I'll really trust you. Listen, it doesn't matter if you have a dollar or a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account. God is just as faithful. Maybe it's a family struggle. Maybe it's something else that you're going through. Like I said, I don't know. But you may sit there and you may say, well, this is not how I want it to work out. But no matter where you're at, God is still the same. Whether, whether you're on cloud nine tonight and, man, everything's going, going great, God is faithful. Maybe you've gone through a month uh, or a week and, and you feel that you are just down in the dumps and you just feel discouraged and you feel uh, in, in despair and depressed. God is still faithful. Elijah would not have written this story, I believe. That, okay, let me uh, choose ravens to feed me and then also a widow. But it was what God desired for him because you know what? He was preparing Elijah to go to Mount Carmel someday. You know what? Our trials can be testimonies to other people. Tonight, some of you guys shared some testimonies. Uh, 
And uh, I love testimony time. And you never know how that testimony will bless somebody else. Just this morning, and I can't even remember the guy's name. He came up to me and he said, I don't, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but he said something. He kind of told me a little bit about himself. And he, and he shared something with me. And, he, and I went away and I said, man, that, I said, thanks. That, that was really encouraging. I needed that. Like I said, God's faithful. And God uses people. God uses us. God uses different things to get us through those trials. But the thing about trials is, is guys, they're going to happen. We live in a fallen world. The trials are going to happen. But the purpose of trials is not to hurt us. The purpose of trials is to make us perfect, make us complete, strengthen us, establish us, and draw us closer to knowing Him more. And isn't that what the Christian life is all about? Is to know who God is. Like I said, I don't know where you're at tonight. I encourage you. Whatever it is, trust in God, and then just obediently follow that next step. Let's pray.